more of the monocles right after this. Emmy salsa ahi? Ahi. Ahi. Uh-huh. 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 Wow. Oh. Awesome hot chip. <laughs> Get it at 443-742-2134. Now, back to the monocles on soflowradio.net.com. now for something a little different. The Monocle started out as a written blog, created to chronicle and give purpose to a sudden abundance of time. With a laptop and a curious mind, a new task was assigned. It was a personal one, to find fulfillment, to be happy every day. The Monocles allows for an expansion of knowledge and healing through stories and laughter. In the Monocles, there's joy in examining and discovering. The Monocles will share the stories about the many people, places, and comminglings that have appeared along this path through a blog and an intention. Alchemy is real. Words, written or spoken, have power and heal. Smile! This is Miami. The opinions and views expressed on the Monocles are not necessarily those of the host, the SoFlow Radio Network, or its sponsors. In this medium, we can do what we want.
Hello and welcome back to the Monocles. I'm Monica and I wanted to talk about aqua yoga basics today. Doing yoga in the pool sounds so no-brainer, sounds so delicious, sounds how did I not think about this 20 years ago? And I could have been practicing all this time. But of course, things come to us when we need them the most, not necessarily when we think that we should find them. Aqua yoga in the pool opens up a practice to just about anybody. If you're overweight in the water, you're weightless. If you have injury in the water, you're safe. You're not going to fall. Where are you going to fall? You're in the pool. If anything, you might splash, get your hair wet. For sure, get over getting your hair wet. If that's an issue, then this isn't for you. You won't be enjoyed, won't be enjoyable for you. Yes, you can wear caps and bathing caps. Try that. But I think the other benefits or the beauty of being able to practice in a pool outweighs wetting your hair. Um, but that's just a personal preference. And, you know, I, kind, I came to aqua yoga through injury, a shoulder and a knee injury that just wouldn't go away and got worse. And when the knee got worse, I never felt so old in my life. I felt so old. I couldn't go down steps. I couldn't walk long distance. I couldn't garden. I couldn't bend. I started each class by saying, raise your hand if you have an injury. And my hand was the first one up. And life isn't become fun when you have that kind of injury as you get older. It's not so fun to be injured. It takes longer to recuperate, I feel, sometimes. We become extra cautious in ways that didn't happen when we were younger. But water has so many unique properties like buoyancy and the resistance that it lends to movements. Let's just talk about stretching. Stretching in the water is so, so, so delicious, so good for you. Such an easy, no-brainer place to really explore a deep level of stretching that's not painful and that's safe. The buoyancy in the water is holding us up, so we are upright. We're standing upright, even if we're touching the ground, the buoyancy is still lifting what my yoga teacher likes to call inner body bright. You're engaging, you're lifting, that's just happening naturally. Um, the deeper you submerge your body into the water, the more, um, of, the more of the tension on the muscles is coming in through your hydrostatic pressure that's created. So you're circulating your blood a little bit better and you're detoxing a little bit more and your lungs are breathing a little bit deeper because they have to physically push the force of the water away to take breath in, take breath in. So all of these amazing things are happening just by standing in the water. But the stretching part is our muscles are relaxed, our muscles are soft. So when we're stretching, we're stretching, we're starting from a muscle that's a lot more manageable. It's soft. It's not working to hold our body upright. 
So you can take the stretch a little bit deeper using water, using noodles, using gravity, turning our bodies in opposite directions. It's probably a little bit easier to stretch when you don't have to hold up your weight, but the water is doing that for you. So the stretching that we all know and agree that we can do more of in the water, it's the safest place to stretch. In the water, it's absolutely delicious. You have very little chance of hurting yourself. And um, it's really allowing you to find an edge to go a little bit deeper, stretch a little bit more. The water holding us up, that buoyancy, will naturally engage your Uniana Banda. Banda, one of those magical locks that we hold in our body. This one happens to be right in our midsection. So naturally, our belly button our, goes in and our spine elongates. And our posture just becomes that much more corrected on its own just from standing in the water. I mean, I'm talking just to Dasana. We haven't even moved into other deeper yoga poses, but just into Dasana, all of these beautiful things, amazing things happen to you. This is what makes yoga in the water and aqua yoga so amazing for me in being able to practice and share this with anyone, everyone. Um, you're a professional athlete, go stretch in the pool. Thank you very much. You work at a desk all day, come, let's do some hip openers with noodles in the pool and feel that flow flowing through your hip and middle section, right? Move up that and change that position. I know what it was like to be chained to a desk for 40 plus hours a week. Then you drive there, then you get home and you sit and you watch a movie. All of that is really, really tightness that's holding in our hips. And in the water, you're able to have a greater range of motion. And that's something else that we're working on um, just by simply moving our yoga practice to the water. I'd love to share more with you. I'd love for you to come take a class. Um, we could Skype, we can Zoom, we can FaceTime. Soon you can um, buy, find a guidebook with poses that you can follow, easily follow and get all of the benefits of stretching, all of the benefits of Uniana Banda, of yoga, in the water for any shape and size. Just don't be afraid of wetting your hair. I promise you'll really, really enjoy it. Stay tuned for a little bit more on the monocles. Hello, welcome back to the monocles. I'm very, very happy to introduce my friend and teacher, Lorena Coyle. Lorena is a very, very talented theta healer. She's also someone that gives fabulous advice. <laughs> um, she's become very, very popular as you are now on the Spanish language television show, correct? I am on, uh, well, hi, thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm very excited to talk about this. Um, yes, I am actually doing a segment on Univision, Spanish network television right now. And I do it once a week. And it's so much fun. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, 
I came to discover Theta Healing, it was almost like a party trick that someone said, oh, you want to fix something? Stand up, come here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Five seconds later, it was over. And that evening, what I wanted to fix was my personal life, mm -hmm. my sentimental life. And that evening, the place that I always went to, the place that I would always hang out, here was this person like from another planet, literally. They were from Iceland. Mm -hmm. And it didn't turn into this great romance. It turned into a great friendship. But the next day after that, I was calling that person mm -hmm. who did that and said, I don't care who or where it was that you learned that. I need to learn to do this. And so that's how I um, was led to you. And tell us a little bit about Theta Healing, how you discovered it, how it's changed your life. And I know we want to talk about fear, and this is something yes. that you've seen as a theme that's been reoccurring in with all of your clients. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more. So I find uh, Theta Healing in 2012. I was, um, I lost my second pregnancy and my background, I started human relations. So my background is all about psychology and all about the mind. So when I lost my second pregnancy, I was heartbroken. I felt like, I mean, have you ever had your soul, like feel like your soul is broken or something like that? It's like, it's, it, my mind couldn't pull the pieces together. So at that point I understood that I needed to find something else. It was like somebody had to explain this to me. Like I needed to find something else. Mind you, up to that point, meditation, what, who? No, that people, all those people are crazy. They need to start, stop smoking, whatever they're smoking. So I was so into the mind and no into the soul and the heart. So, you know, I was on my Facebook back then. It was super popular. And then I saw an ad for a Theta Healing class. And it says, you know, it's healing for the mind, the soul. And when I saw the mind and I said, this is for me, they're gonna be able to explain this to me. I signed up without even knowing what it was. That's how desperate I was to like heal myself and to, to, get, to get this pain out of me. So when I went to the class, um, I found that it was meditation and I found that there was all kinds of like, for me at that point, weird stuff. And I became the worst student that you can ever imagine. I was sitting there questioning everything. Super skeptical. Oh my God. I was sitting in the corner. I mean, if I was my teacher, I would have just tell me, like, get out of here. Thank you very much. Don't come back. As a matter of fact, um, the second day that I was there, Monica, um, when I left the class, I said, I'm not coming back tomorrow. I mean, this is not what I was looking for. This is not what I needed. Um, and I went home and my mom, because back then I was in Mexico, was on vacation in Mexico. My mom says, so how was it? And I said, that's it. I'm not coming back tomorrow. She's like, what happened? I'm like, this is all, this is weird. I mean, they're like closing their eyes. They said they're connecting with something. I mean, they are like moving their eyes up and down. They feel like they, they, I, they seen guardian angels and energies. And I'm just sitting there with my mind going like, uh? <laughs> you thought they were faking? You thought that it was just bullshit? I thought it was bullshit. I said, this is just bullshit. I mean, are you going to tell me, mind you, to overcome a fear in psychology, it is a big deal. You're going to tell me that you're going to ask me to stand up, do like 
uh, yes and no, your body's gonna move and then something like from the heaven is gonna come and it's gonna fix my brain for a psychologist? Ah, uh, no, that doesn't work like that. So yeah, for me it was bullshit. I mean, this, all this is bullshit. These people are just faking it and I am not coming back. So that night I went home and um, I was, people always say that we need to fix the ego and the ego is bad and all that. Let me tell you something. My ego is the one that took me back the next day because it was like, wait a minute, what can I do what they can do? Okay, I think that I am amazing. So if I'm amazing, I'm sure I can do this too. So it was my ego talking to my ear, but like, what, what, you're not going? Are you a quitter? Since when you start quitting things? That was my ego. So actually, thank you ego for taking me back. So that night I, um, I lay down and then I remember Monica that when I was about five years old, I used to tell my mom, mom, I can fall asleep without even trying. Do you want me to teach you? And then I remember that I will start breathing very slowly and I was actually going into a theta state of mind. So I say, what? I already know how to do this. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. Yes, I've been doing it since I was five years old. But the difference was like, you know, when you were little and like in my case, my mom was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, fine, fine, fine. And then it got to the point when since there was nobody there to to teach me what encourage. it was or encourage it what it was, I just forgot about it. So that night I remember, like my memories came back. And I got up the next morning and I went to the class and as soon as I walked in, I mean, you, I mean, I, I wish I had a camera in my head. They were like, oh, here we go again. Then she comes back again to question everything, to be a pain in the ass again and all that. So I walk in and I say, oh, I know what you guys are doing now. I know what you guys are doing, thank you very much. So pretty much I show up to my federal healing class the last day. And I was the one who organized the advanced class. After it was done, I said, wait a minute, when, when is the next one? I need to learn how to do this. And that was in 2012, 2013, I became an instructor because um, I'm a very intense person. If I like something, I go with everything because I'm a skeptic. So I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, no. But when I find something that is like really good, I go with everything. So I became an instructor. I started teaching the class. Um, I teach for four and a half years. Um, I'm still doing, you know, I'm still a practitioner. So I still practice that in my, in my, in my sessions, in my private sessions. So that's how I became a meditation, theta healing, um, you know, practitioner. And just to explain, thank you for sharing that. Just to explain. In theta healing, what's happening is um, you go into a meditative state where your mind goes to the theta brainwave state. Mm -hmm. In that state is when where we dream, where our subconscious is, and basically in theta healing, you're finding blocks that exist in our being in our spirit because they come from different places like <laughs> historical DNA all of that and at that point you're able to remove that block and you are acting as the witness so we're not healing I'm also a theta healer but we are not healing that person we're acting as a witness to that healing taking place correct Very what you do in theta healing is you tapping into your um, own powers 
So you help a person to go inside of them because at the end of the day, Monica, we already know. It's like everybody has the power to heal themselves. Sure. So what you do is like you go into this state, which is a theta wave, uh, which is your subconscious mind where everything is in there. Have you ever watched the movie Inside Out? You know, the cartoon movie when it's like sadness and it's love and it pretty much is like they take you into the brain of like a little girl and you start seeing all the memories and inside they represent the memories in like a little crystal ball and they're different colors and everything. If you haven't watched it, please watch it because it's amazing. When I watch the movie, I'm like, that's exactly what we do. So what Theta Healing does is like it taps into your subconscious mind. Um, sometimes we believe that our conscious mind is the one to make the decisions, but that is not true. Our conscious mind is just the one that execute, but the big boss is the subconscious mind because it's the one that says, if this happened, then this is the this is what I need to do. It's like it's an action reaction, but everything happened in the subconscious mind. So what we do is like you tap in into your subconscious mind and then you find exactly what's in there. Right. Like um, I remember going to the beach as a little girl. And as on the ride to the beach, my heart was in my throat. I had a big, empty feeling in the pit of my stomach. So there was a big, big fear of water, of the ocean, and not being a good swimmer only intensified that mm -hmm. fear. Come to find out as an adult, after many sessions of breath work, of breathing mm -hmm. work, Geez, I've drowned a bunch of times in lifetimes <laughs> before. It makes perfect sense why I would be afraid of the water, but I didn't know. Consciously, I wasn't aware. Mm -hmm. In this lifetime, in this past, I wasn't aware of that. So just like quantum physics, mm -hmm. we have to be present. Correct. We are present for someone in that healing, and it does happen that instantly. Yes. That's the most amazing it's part. Crazy. The crazy part. It is the crazy part. Like and you know, if you listen to you know to this podcast right now, you think like how that happened. You know what? We don't know, but it happens. It's like the electricity. You connect your phone into the electricity and start charging it. Have you seen the electricity? No, but you know it's gonna happen. That's exactly how I explain it. You know? It's like you know it's in there. It's like you're tapping into this. Um, I like to call it this like a magic. It's like magic. It works like magic, actually. It's really amazing. We tap into the magic that lives inside yes. of us. Yes. So you've shared that in your clients and dealing with people, you've seen this reoccurring theme known as fear. Yes. So false evidence appearing real. Fear. This is a huge, huge theme for me. Mm -hmm. Fear has always been a motivation. Your ego was a mm -hmm. motivation. Fear. I'm afraid of that. No. Let's face it. Let's overcome it. Let's go beyond this. And then what's next? You're kind of cool. You build that confidence. Mm -hmm. how, how has fear appeared mostly in the people that you've worked with? Well, you just say something really cool because um, it's, fear is not a bad thing. It's what you do with your fear. You have trained your brain, Monica, to, for you to be able to activate, you need to experience fear. So that's how you train yourself already, which means like your fear will always be present when you actually want to execute some, something and move forward. So you use your fear as a, something to build your confidence. 
So, but it's different for everyone. So I think what people need to do is like, when I experience fear, what, what, what do I do? What is exactly what I'm experiencing right now? Uh, for me, fear, it is, um, it makes me paralyzed. I don't move with fear. I don't. So what I do is that with my fear, it's like as soon as I experience it, like I stop. And since I'm a very analytical person, I start like, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? What am I feeling like this? And then when I experience fear, I go to the little girl. So in my case, I experience fear, and then I go to Lorena when she was six years old. So it's different for everyone. Um, some people use it for a motivation like you. Some people use it for um, sabotaging, like many people use it for sabotaging. Uh, many people use it as an excuse. It's the perfect excuse. Oh, I'm too afraid. So I sit down and I just relax here and I use fear as a something that can stop me. Most of the people use it for that. Right. Um, I've noticed also that some people, and even in myself, mm -hmm. when you talk about sabotage, we've done that. We self-sabotage relationships, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, it's easier to say that I failed because we don't, we have more practice in failing than mm -hmm. we have more practice in success. Yes. So that self-sabotage comes through fear because you don't want to step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, fear, it is an excellent resource for people. I mean, you see like, oh, fear, but like the people use it all the time. Everything that you do has a purpose. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Everything that you do. So what would you suggest um, a quick way to remove that fear or work past that fear if you're someone that isn't motivated by fear? Um, first, it is um, you need to write down what are you afraid of. Like, you know, when you put it on paper, you take it out of you. Um, I am from the 70s, so we like to write things. But if you are a millennium, just get your phone and go into notes. <laughs> and start writing something because like when you when you put it out it's easier for you to see it so start writing down what's what am I afraid of and everything into detail and then after you finish it out what you're afraid of just let it go put it on side for two days and then just come back and start reading again. Because sometimes it's something like so small but in your brain it feels like it's so big so when you get it out, you read again, like, wait a minute, am I did I really write this? <laughs> is it really what is in there? That's one, that's one way. Um, another thing is like, um, when you are afraid of something, it's a beautiful question, it's like, what is the worst thing that can happen if that happened to me? Because sometimes you are afraid of something, but that is just the top. But if you start digging in, you're gonna find that it's something else that is completely different at the bottom. So um, start asking questions like, what is the worst thing that can happen if this happened to me? And then you start going down and start going down and you're gonna find that it is something completely different than what you thought was on the top. Right, you were saying that the fears come through our DNA, they come from stuff that we're not even aware of. Yes. So if you, um, they come from many places. It's come from like, from the DNA, uh, from our parents, just the same way how you inherit your eye color, you also inherit some, you know, some, um, some fears. There's some people that are afraid to lose their, their wealth. 
and but they're okay it, there's nothing happening and then when you start asking them questions they find out that you know their great-grandparents were you know refugees and they have to leave everything in Europe to move into America so they always have that you know fear of like losing things or fear of like losing my wealth but it, it's nothing in them it's more like you know something they inherit so um, then there are also other type of fears like the one that you have to the water uh, well I didn't know like nobody in my family had drawn but then it's like fears from the soul the soul also has memories and then you come into this body and then it's like wait a minute you know what am I afraid of this or I don't know and then when you start digging in you find out that it's you know something there there are also type of fears too there is like the you know the fears that are being uh, taught with our, with our parents right now um, so if your mom was afraid of something it was constantly talking about it constantly talking about it you know it is a program that it goes into your brain uh, and that's that and there is another type of fear which is natural fears like it is like you know you need to survive so I was just telling you before we start recording I mean I need you to be afraid if you want to cross 95 you know at 3 p.m. please be afraid <laughs> okay so it's important for you to distinguish what type of fear and how to separate everything and moving beyond that fear. I wish people could see your face right now. <laughs> you should do this like a, a video too because you're like, your eyes are like popping open. <laughs> there's something, well, there's something that really hit. Like, mm -hmm. um, we write down our fears. That's one way to expel them from our it's body. It's out of me, yeah. And um, through Theta Healing, I understand how we also bring fears part of our upbringing, our programming, our DNA, from our history, from our soul. But then moving beyond that fear and finding um, the confidence. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I, I like to think it's not for the weak. You have to be strong, right? You have to have courage to want to face your fears. Yes. You have, I recently worked with someone in Theta Healing and in a session and really it was a way of thanking them for having the courage to face mm -hmm. what they have already written down and said you know this doesn't work for me I need to get rid of this mm -hmm. so I see this great like this giant eraser mm -hmm. that is acceptable mm -hmm. and available to us to remove those things that are stopping us from being our greatest self mm -hmm. And then you wonder why people don't want to do it. Because who am I without my story? Right. <laughs> of course. Right. We've gotten attached yes. to that terrible thing that happened to us. Yes. We've been so beat down. We've been so worn out. We've been so hurt by some of the things that happened to us that becomes our story. Mm -hmm. And who am I without it? And how to give people permission to let that go yeah and here's another thing too it's like if I um, there are some fears that are attached to our families too so if I'm not afraid of that then I don't belong to my family anymore so it's like oh we are all in our family we're afraid of the same thing but if I'm not afraid of the same thing then who are we, what are we gonna talk about so it's also give us a sense of attachment and a sense of belonging to a family too or to a group so we all afraid of the same thing. Yay, awesome, let's do it. Okay, so that's, that, that, that's true. It gives you the sense of belonging too. But there's no progress there. No, it's not. But at the end of the day, it's like 
what what do you want do you want to belong to something or do you want to move forward understanding that if you move forward then you're going to find another group that is going to help you to grow okay so yeah it's it's if you're afraid of something if you're afraid of being afraid of something for so many like years it's, it's time to be like wait a minute who is around me who's also afraid to the same thing and what kind of relationship i have with that person because maybe I'm not letting go because I feel like if I lose this fear, I'm also going to lose the person. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to lose the family. Mm-hmm. Or that connection. Or of that connection. Of who I am. But that's a false who you are because who you are is greater than that. It's the fear that's holding you back. Mm-hmm. That's holding you down. I had a yoga class the other day and I had a woman explain about the pain in her back. Mm-hmm. I understand, okay, well, there's modifications, we can do that. And then she went on to share, which a lot of people share their most intimate things with me, I don't know why, (laughs) but I'm grateful. And, you know, she also shared about the time she was in an abusive relationship and she was pregnant and she got kicked in the back by her partner and that's what created that pain in her back. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that she still carried that hurt, mm-hmm. which I totally understand and get. I've been that woman before. And what I did to her was like snap in front of her face and mm-hmm. go, but you're here now. Yep. No one's kicking you. Mm-hmm. Let that go. Mm-hmm. And like the tears just came out of her eyes, like her eyes welled up. But I knew that no one had given her permission to let go of that story. Mm-hmm. And it takes courage. It does. It does take courage. And it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I am a very famous, not for the right reasons. I'm famous because I'm very tough with my clients. I am. It's, I always, when somebody walks in, I'm like, listen, this is a, set of, a, a no, no bullshit policy here. No bullshit policy. I'm going to call it how it is. It's not like I'm not gonna get up and be like, oh, for you. If you're not gonna able to take it, then I'm not. I'm not your person. And I'm That's super. Like <laughs> I'm super honest. I'm like, I'd rather you tell me. I didn't do it because I didn't feel like it, and because I don't want to. That oh, it's because I am too. And my story. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. no. No more stories, no more poor me, no more, no more, no more. You're afraid of something? Okay, let's talk about it. But let's do something about it. So that's what I said to you. Like, I am famous, but not for the right reasons. I'm famous because I'm like, no bullshit policy here. And here's the thing. It's like, I noticed that the same thing that I applied to you, I applied to me too. So it's like, for me, it's the same thing. It's like, it's not bullshit policy with Lorena. No, even with me, with me. <laughs> so yeah some some people they just need like a little snap i'm like uh-huh and it's like a lady okay i'm afraid she's 65 years old and she told me that she was afraid of criticism that she didn't do anything in her life because she was too afraid of criticism and being judged all the time and i said okay well who's the per- first person to judge you like where is the judgment coming from because here's another thing our fears has a special voice and it talks in a special way. And you need to identify who is that voice that I'm hearing because most likely it's like mom, dad, or somebody important in my life. Okay, they want to talk to you. So she says, well, you know, my mom um, was always very judgmental with me. She's 65. And I said, okay. And then growing up, my, you know, two of my friends that were always criticizing me and always making me feel like very small. 
And I said to her, like, so what is your mom? Oh, she died like 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, okay. And what about those two friends? Oh, I lost contact with them. I don't even know. And I said, great. So you're 65, afraid of some dead person was going to think of you and two random people you haven't seen in your life in 30 years. And you tell me that you're 65 and you're still there? Really? She's like, well, after I say that, I feel like a little bit stupid. I'm like, I didn't say anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. You this came time. to your aha moment anytime. A lot of us have this mental dialogue that's not nice. Oh, yeah. For half of the stuff that you say to yourself, you will smack someone in the head. Yeah, and we believe it. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, I'm going to tell a story about what happened to me actually yesterday. Um, fear is not only present in a form of like anger or frustration and all that. Fear also present as a form of sadness. And um, you just said to me like earlier, you know, I people are always very open with me. Well, I'm going to tell you something that is very open about me. Um, for the longest time, I didn't know how to deal with sadness. Because in my family, we don't know how to deal with sadness. We see sadness as a weakness. And being weak, it's like no good. Okay, so it's always like tough. And what's happening? What's next? So um, I have a retreat coming up in, in February 20th. February 22nd to the 29th. And, um, and it's in Bali and it's amazing and I have an amazing team. But then we say, oh, we are gonna take 14 girls to Bali. I say, awesome. And then it's not 14. We are on 20 right now. And then I start being afraid. <gasps> Wait a minute. I thought we're only going to be 14. What happened? And then the dialogue, am I going to be able to do this? Those extra six people make a big difference. Oh, my God. <laughs> because it's nonstop. Like, right, my partner, threshold. my partner is like, more people. We can take more. And we can take more. Because I believe that you're amazing and you can take more. People believe more in you than you believe in yourself. Okay? So, I start feeling afraid. But in a form of sadness. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm sad. And I don't know what I'm sad. And I'm sad. And yesterday I was like, I'm so sad. I feel like crying. What's wrong with me? And then, of course, having a good group of people around you can help you. It's so important to make connections. Because when people get to know you, they get to call out your bullshit. <laughs> and my friends are welcome to call out my bullshit anytime. So they said to me, what are you sad? I said, I don't know. And one of them says like, well, because she's self-attaching herself. She's afraid. Remember, Lorena doesn't know how to deal with sadness. So she wants to concentrate on sadness. So she, it's like avoiding that something big is happening. Click. I say, oh, wait a minute. That's right. This is what I'm doing. If I can concentrate on a feeling right now, so I can avoid, you know, what I need to address, that's what we do too. We go somewhere else and we concentrate there so we don't have to face exactly what are we afraid of. And in my case, it's like, I'm afraid of being successful. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. This, I've been working for it for a longest time, but who's afraid? The little girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, the little girl. So it's like so many places that you can go with this. I think at the end of the day, it's knowing yourself and knowing what you do to stop yourself.
Beautiful. <laughs> I talk too much. No, you don't. You talk the truth. You talk a lot of good stuff. I appreciate this time with you. Tell us a little bit more about your, um, plug your retreat right now. My retreat, it is, um, it is a great thing because um, I've been working on myself well, since really, really, since 2012, when I got into this like meditation um, stuff. And I wrote a book, it's called A Very uh, Grounded Spiritual Life. Because what I did is that when, when we start doing uh, these like spiritual things, I, I became ultra spiritual. I wanted to be vegan and I wanted to do all these things and yeah, who's going to feed my kid, you know, and I wanted to go crazy with this thing. And then I realized that life is about balance. It's about being in this body and it's about feeding this body. It's about exercising this body. It's about making connections with others. It's very easy to hang out with people that think just like you. That's an easy thing. We're all spiritual. So it's not questioning. It's not, you know, what are you doing things that you do? So it's, it's, a, it's an easy ride. But when you're exposed to different people that question your things, you know, it makes you question yourself too. So what I did is like, I wrote a book about how Lorena lives a very grounded spiritual life and how I found balance. Um, this retreat, it's about that too. So in this um, eight days that we're gonna be there, uh, I'm gonna be doing, um, workshops about how I do it. We're gonna be doing meditation, we're gonna be doing yoga, but also we're gonna be talking about, you know, what's inside, your fears, your desires, how do you stop, when do you stop, and all of that. So it's an amazing thing that it came out out of um, manifestation. Who's gonna take me to a concept? which is sometimes, Monica, the universe is giving you what you want, but then you decide to take it later. Okay, I'm gonna explain to you. I said in December, I feel like I wanna do a retreat somewhere. That'd be nice. And then my partner says, Lorena, we should go to Bali. I said, yeah, yeah, let's go to Bali. April. Post, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I really feel like I want to do a retreat. It will be nice. Universe, please conspire. And then my partner on the bottom, let's go to Bali. Mm -hmm. Second time. Sure, let's go to Bali. Keep going. <laughs> and June, she says, girl, I've been begging you for six months. It's all taken care of. I just need for you to say yes. I already have everything in place. And I say, wait a minute. I've been talking about it for six months, right? She's like, yeah. And every time you say something, I always say, let's go to Bali. And you say, yes, but you actually don't do it. So let's talk about being afraid. <laughs> so how sometimes being afraid is also blocking you to see what's there for you to take, but you decide to ignore it because you're so busy in your mind and you're so busy in you, like being afraid and all that. She's been... Stuff. Bali, hello, Bali, hello, hello Bali. Hello, hello, <laughs> let's go to Bali. I'm like, yeah, let's go to Bali. So um, I do numerology too. And uh, when when we put this, th this thing together, she says, well, I can only do it in, in February. 
and it's gonna be the last week in February. And I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, and then we picked the days, 22nd to the 29th, and a week later, I noticed that we actually live in 22nd of February, which is 222, which is guided by the guardian angels. 22 is a master number, which is contact, it's, it's about um, connection with Mother Earth, and we're going to Bali. I mean, how much more Earth <laughs> in nature does that? We finish on the 29, which is nine plus two is an 11, so is the Ascender Masters. <laughs> We're going in the year 2020, and 20 is the biggest awakening. So it's like, it's numerology all over the place too. So, you know, sometimes you just have to sit down, put your seatbelt on, close your eyes, and jump. And that's it. And to trust. Fearlessly jump. Yes. And to trust that the universe has your back. And then you're going to be okay. Because think about this, Monica. When was the last time you were so afraid of something, you created a whole movie about it, and none of that happened? None of that happened. And something, something else happened, and it was fine. And it was amazing. So it's like, you know what? Seatbelt on, just put your seatbelt on, you're gonna bump your head. Seatbelt on, close your eyes, and jump. And that's it. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Lorena Coyle, for spending this time with me and all of your fabulousness. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Monocles is recorded live each week from the SoFlo Radio Studios in Hollywood, Florida. Written and produced by Monica Uribe. Directed by Christopher Hudspeth. With special thank you to George Rodriguez. All rights reserved.